When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't worry, guys, it's not a pandemic. Or at least that's uh, what the head of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom, uh, said in his you know, latest update on this COVID-19 uh, situation, this, this novel coronavirus. Not a pandemic, which is a, a bold thing to say. You know, there was a lot of very bold voices early on. I think they continue to be so in the scientific community and, and elsewhere in, in media or, or alternative media or wherever that sounded the alarm on this long ago, weeks ago. You know, I can name some names, people like uh, Dr. Eric uh, Feigelding, right? Uh, I follow him on Twitter. Uh, Ian McKay, right? Chris Martinson, Dr. Chris Martinson from Peak Prosperity, who, by the way, has a PhD in pathology, even though he's not, you know, a practicing clinician or, or a researcher. PhD nonetheless. Uh, and, and many more, many more. Uh, Neil Ferguson over in, I think, what is the Imperial College or whatever in, in, in the UK. Plenty of people, smart people, people with degrees in this, sounded the alarm early on in a bold manner. And here we have uh, Tedros Adhanom, uh, the Director General of the World Health Organization, saying it's not a pandemic. That is bold. And, and I'll tell you why. Because over the last couple of days, we have seen more and more evidence that this is no longer a Chinese problem, but, it, but it's a global problem. Uh, and, and, you know, the three countries that I think everyone kind of has their eyes on right now are uh, South Korea, which has seen their number of cases explode from, you know, like a few dozen uh, less than a week ago, all the way to over 800, eight deaths confirmed. Uh, Italy, which has seen their cases explode from just like a few to 223, as I record. All these statistics, by the way, from bnonews.com. Pretty reliable, pretty up-to-date source, I found. With six confirmed deaths there. And then Iran, 47 confirmed cases, and a whopping 12 deaths. And what stuns me, I'll, I'll get more into maybe the update of this, talk about how it's affected the markets, uh, the continued impact of this in the, the economic realm. But but what's on my mind today is, you know, a segment that I was listening to this morning on my uh, morning commute on NPR, National Public Radio. It was, I think, a really good example of just really a, a uh, the media in many ways dropping the ball on this, which is really a crazy thing to say because the media historically has done a very good job of getting themselves and others worked up about things that maybe they shouldn't be worked up about. Um, and then also really turning a blind eye to things that they should be reporting on. And in this particular piece, it was, you know, three different correspondents. One was in Italy, I think. One was in uh, uh, Dubai, recently had been in Iran. And the other one, you know, I forget, uh, probably Asia. Yeah, I forget where all these correspondents were. And 
it was very much, you know, the sense that we get from the CDC, from the World Health Organization, and much of mainstream media is such a closed-minded uh, view that really lacks critical thinking, lacks any intelligent insight, and more so deals with the facts. Like, And even then, they're not great. I mean, they're not really looking at insightful facts. They're just looking at what you know, the official data and the official line is, you know, a good example of this from, from a couple of weeks ago, uh, almost made me chuckle. I probably did if it wasn't so, you know, but at the same time, it's very kind of disturbing to think about this. You know, there's a couple of weeks ago, probably a month ago now when, when the case count in China was officially in the hundreds or, or you know, thousands probably, and, and it had spread outside of China probably at this point. And, and there's some, you know, researchers, you know, these were probably officials at the CDC or the World Health Organization that were saying just really, I don't even know, I don't want to be too blunt, but just some very uninsightful things like, you know, we have some evidence here that this might be human to human transmission and not just people that were infected from this wet market. And I think everyone else was kind of like, yeah, like that should be established right now. That should be almost self-evident in the way that this has spread. I mean, if you break down the cases, I'm sure in Wuhan itself, you know, a month ago, you'd see cases in people that have never been to a wet market in their life or, or certainly don't frequent it, don't eat that type of food. And it should be self-evident that, yeah, there's human to human transmission. Look what's happening in the hospital, right? This is spreading. Up. And yet you have those type of uninsightful comments. And, and today in the media, and today from the from the WHO, from the CDC, you just have very uninsightful comments that reflect a lack of critical thinking that, that I think many of the scientists there, I'm sure, are on top of. A, a bright bunch, I'm sure many of them, right? But the bureaucrats, the people that make the decisions, just very uninsightful comments, uninsightful summaries. Things like, hmm, Looks like Iran might be dealing with a bit of a problem because they have 12 fatalities, which, by the way, is more than Italy. It's more than South Korea. It's more than the Diamond Princess. You know, these are all official. More than Hong Kong, more than Singapore. You know, combined, Hong Kong, Italy, Taiwan, and the Diamond Princess have as many cases as, you know, as many deaths, I should say, as Iran. And yet Iran's case count is at 47, which is obviously inaccurate. They're just missing probably hundreds, if not thousands of cases. If you extrapolate those numbers, you'd find that 12 deaths, even in Iran's healthcare system, which is not that of maybe Japan or South Korea's, but also not like, I mean, they, they've caught these cases. They, that counts for something. And and there's a lot of countries that, that probably are not catching cases. So, yeah, I mean, it's something. It's, it's not ro- super robust, but it's something. That should tell you that there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of cases. And yet, from the media, as a whole, you're not really getting those questions. You know, people aren't asking, well, if there's 12 deaths, what about the concern that maybe there's potentially thousands infected in Iran? No, you don't hear about that. You know, you hear in the United States, I mean, all you hear about is these confirmed cases. And then, of course, you know, these cases that were brought over, uh, you know, Diamond Princess uh, uh, passengers. But little to no discussion in the mainstream media about, you know, what if a situation like around Milan, Italy, where this was community spreading for probably weeks and nobody had any idea until a couple of days ago, what if that's happening in our own backyard? What if that's happening 
in San Francisco or New York City or, you know, pick your city. What if that's happening here? There's not, there's nothing of that, right? Or how about all these countries or even the United States, you know, when they ask, you know, what, why, why aren't these cases being found yet? There's no insightful, there's no critical thinking about it. There's oftentimes even questions aren't even asked, you know, how much tests are being done? You know, it was only recently, I mean, to their credit, I guess, that CDC really started testing in some of these cities. But but before that, you know, they were shipping it all to Atlanta, to the CDC. And you know, as a whole, I, I really wonder how many tests they actually did because they don't have the capacity or they're just dropping the ball on it, right? There was a, I think it was a mayor. I, I think I read. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tweeted this. There's a mayor in, in Italy that was giving an interview. You know, his his town was was near or, or uh, kind of in the center of this outbreak. He was given sort of a Skype interview and uh, and he was shown some symptoms, you know, coughing or sniffling or whatever. And I think I, this was all in Italian. So I'm taking this as, as secondhand because I don't know Italian. Uh and somebody asked me, you know, have you have you been tested yet? And uh, he had to say no. And, and it wasn't because he's, you know, going to go down with the ship, or he he figures he's he's got the flu. Or no, his his reason was that they didn't have enough tests, enough test test kits to test them, right? But but again, you see this popping up in in Italy, which is supposedly a first world country. I mean, it is. You know, Iran, out of nowhere, cases just explode, deaths explode. South Korea. And yet no one in the media, and again, that's not true. People are, alternative media, I'm sure somewhat in the mainstream media, I'm sure there are scientists, epidemiologists at the CDC, at the WHO, and other organizations that know how serious this is, and their voices are not being shared, they're not being heard, right? They would be like a lot of those other people I named earlier, being you know very loud and bold in, in voicing their thoughts, their insightful thoughts that that demonstrate critical thinking sounding an alarm about all these countries that have like no cases yet right we're finally getting some other cases out of you know kuwait has some cases now oh what was the other one i saw uh bahrain oman oman um you know a couple of those cases uh but but nobody's really asking how come we don't have any cases in most of africa or the entirety of south america or mexico and 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 I'm sorry, I'm not going to accept the excuse that, well, their climate's not conducive to the spreading of that. Because, first of all, it, it can spread. It may not spread as effectively. And, and there's no research suggesting that. But, you know, maybe there's some truth that in a more humid, warm climate, maybe it's not going to spread as easily. But what about Singapore? I mean, Singapore has quite a few cases. And there's evidence probably of, of community spreading in Singapore. What about them? I mean, Singapore is a pretty tropical climate. In fact, I'm looking at it right now, 80 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's not a dry heat, 85% humidity, you know, probably relative versus absolute. I don't know, but warm, right? I mean, it's 80s, 70s, 90s all week. I mean, that's basically a tropical or subtropical climate, right? So what about that? How did it get there, 
right? And so there's none of those questions being asked. These are things that that myself and so many other experts, other experts, I'm not an expert on this by any means, I'm not, I don't claim to be, but so many experts on this have been saying for weeks now, and the media, the World Health Organization, the CDC have just dropped the ball. And in fact, in some cases, ridiculed those that have been sounding the alarm on this for week for weeks. You know, there's a thread last week on again on Twitter about this this Dr. Eric uh, Feigolding, who, by the way, you know, I'll look him up here. He's a has a PhD from from uh, Harvard, right? Uh, probably knows a thing or two on this. You know, epidemiologist, so I don't know what his degree, but epidemiologist from Harvard, uh, uh, John Hopkins, um, and and he's been on top of this in terms of this COVID-19 and, and he was getting ridiculed. You know, somebody else had tweeted about it that, you know, he's basically, you know, the, everyone else basically saying that he's being too alarmist. And yet most of what he's been saying since day one has, has sort of come to pass. Maybe not immediately, maybe not the next day, but over time it has. I mean, that's the same thing I've been saying that, you know, in terms of the spread of this, it takes a matter of, of weeks for it to really show up in some of these countries where the testing just is not robust or, or, has a potentially robust, but you know, like the United States, but just isn't being done, right? I mean, the the example you can use is is take a city of a million people, sub-Saharan Africa. Take a city of a million people, and a hundred of them end up with a coronavirus. Well, first of all, maybe only twenty or thirty percent of them are actually going to end up in the hospital, if that, or or go to their clinic. You know, if. If they, if that's, again, this is probably a poor community. Many of them are not used to visiting hospitals or clinics because they know they're not going to be able to pay for it, right? Uh, and, and the overall impact, you know, let's say 15 of them die because of lack of, of their, you know, already poor nutrition or, or, or lack of, of access to, to healthcare, or whatever. Let's say 15% of them die, 15 people die in a city of 1 million. That's not even a statistical anomaly probably, right? Let's, let's multiply that by 10, 150 people die. Still basically a statistical anomaly. Multiply that by 10, and you're at 10,000 cases. 1,500 people die. Then it gets people's attention because on top of that, you might have another 1,500 that are you know on the brink of death, or have had some really rough times, and it's and it's pretty clear that this is maybe not one of those uh, bugs that are maybe endemic to some of these countries. Bugs in the sense that you know this isn't um, you know some other sort of a fever. This is certainly not Ebola or malaria or anything like that. This is presenting like maybe some sort of a flu-like, a cold-like thing that they're not used to in these cities. And you're at fifteen hundred deaths, or a thousand, or five hundred. Pick your number. Pick your death rate in, in a poor club, a poor, poor country or poor city like that. Well, pretty soon that 10,000 is going to be 20,000, 50,000, 100,000. Right now you have one in 10 citizens in the city infected. And only then, you know, okay, maybe not only then, maybe at 10,000 it would have shown up. And, and, you know, the truth of the matter is that the World Health Organization is to some extent trying to monitor it in some of these cities, some of these countries. I think their resources are wholly inadequate. I'm sure their approach isn't the best. But but I'm serious in saying that you might need a couple thousand cases 
before it actually gets noticed. 10,000 maybe? I mean, again, take the example of Iran. 12 deaths confirmed. And by the way, you know, it's it's always hard to tell when, when you insert politics into it. But there was a report by an Iranian lawmaker that there was actually 50 fatalities in the city of Qom, where this is sort of the epicenter of Iranians' outbreak, as far as we know. And an Iranian state media basically said, no, it's actually not that, you know, denounce that. And, and I don't know, they had their election like two days ago or, or yesterday or whatever. And, and so you never know if politics are being injected into that or not. But... But yeah, I mean, that type of information cover-up is, is happening. Uh, you had the example of, of a doctor in, in the Hunan province of of, of China uh, who said, you know, they, they reported 50 confirmed cases alone, him and, you know, himself or his unit or whatever. And and they wrote it down as one confirmed case. You know, that was the, their part of the, their contribution to the official release of, of new COVID-19 or, or SARS-CoV-2 cases. That's the name of the virus, I guess, right? So, I don't know. I mean, this is just sort of rant. It, it was frustrating to me listening to this report on NPR. I mean, it's not surprising. They're part of the mainstream media. But but just a lack of critical thinking, a lack of, of insightful questions that quite honestly should have been asked weeks ago if we have any hope of, of stopping this spread. I mean, it's only a matter of days. I'd say within a week. I'm going to make the prediction that by next Monday, here in the United States, we're going to have an example of community spread coronavirus in relatively large numbers, double digits at least. I don't know where, but I wouldn't be surprised if by a week from now, the CDC has finally caught up. And and that's that's just the United States. I think the same as... You know, in the meantime, we're probably going to find another half dozen, maybe five, I'd say five countries that I think are going to fall in that same category as Italy, Iran, South Korea, as, as being, you know, as having their own pandemics, ongoing pandemics. Uh, despite what, what Tedros, head of the World Health Organization, is saying, this is a this is a global pandemic. We just maybe don't have the data to back it up quite yet. As always, thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast and God bless.